There once was a man who was going through a rough patch in life. Seemed like his relationships were all falling apart and everything just seemed to be failing. His business was, was failing and, and he decided that, oh, it'd just be best if, if, if life was just, uh, uh, life would just go on better if, if he wasn't in it. And he lived on the coast and so he decided to go down to the beach and, and he just walked out into the surf and he just kept walking. And he, he walked out a little bit further and a little bit further and, and pretty soon he couldn't touch anymore and he just kept going. He swimming and swimming and he decided I'm just, just going out until, uh, until the surf just takes me. Well, he went out really pretty far and the current kind of took him out and he looked around and he could barely see the shore and, and he began to sink and as he sunk beneath the waves, uh, he, he began to have a change of heart and he decided maybe things weren't as bad as he thought they were, and uh, so he began to cry out to God, and he, he shot up to the surface, and he said, I want to live, I want to live. But he looked, and he could barely see the shore, and no one was around as a remote stretch of, uh, of coastline, and, and so he, he wasn't a great swimmer. He could doggy paddle and kick a little bit, and so he began to do that, but even more than that, he began to pray like he'd never prayed before, and he said, oh God, save me from this. Uh, save me. I promise, God. He started making promises. He promised I'll be a better man. I promise I'll, 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 I'll do better in my business and I won't cut corners and I won't, won't do all those, those things I was doing. But God, I promise in my relationship, I'll be a better husband. I'll be a better father. Uh, God, I'll, 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 I'll follow all the Ten Commandments. And then as he's continuing to doggy paddle and kick, he's, he realized that he didn't know all the Ten Commandments. So then he promised that he would learn all the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and he continued to go on in that way and, and he looked around. It seemed like he wasn't making any progress. I said, oh, God, I promise, I promise that if you get me out of this, I will give you half of what, everything that I have. And he's, he's going along, and, and it's kind of going in that vein, but as he continued to kick, and, and he wasn't, like, failing yet, and, and he, his shore started getting a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and as the shore got closer, the percentage of what he was going to give to God got a little bit lower. Uh, God, well, let's make it 45%. I'll give you 45% of what I have. Well, uh, 40%, 30%. And finally, as, as, as he struggled to uh, where he could get to where he'd barely touch with his toes and he realized he was right there, he said, you know what, Lord, let's, let's just forget about what I said before. I think I can make it from here. A lot of people, a lot of people kind of live like that, that, that every, they want God's help and God's blessing as long as it will benefit them. Uh, but, but usually, uh, you know, they live like, like, okay, that's okay, God. I, I think I can make it from here. I, I think I've, I've got it now. I, I want your blessing. Uh, I, I want everything for me. I, I want to be able to, uh, to, to do all this. God, please help me. Please bless me. And then as soon as anything good comes, uh, it's okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. And they're on to other things. I think a lot of people live with a with a certain mindset uh, or perspective on life. It kind of runs in the background. We don't uh, really even maybe think it through, but it's just kind of a natural way of, of living, and it determines a a lot of what we do and how we live. It's probably not you, but but it's probably you probably recognize it's probably common. Uh, there, there are really four things that, uh, that kind of run through the, the background or the mindset, the perspective that a lot of people live in. Uh, the, the first one is, this is my life and no one else's. I can, I can live however I choose. This is my life. It's not your life. It's not, it, nobody can know. I'm going to live however I choose. The second one is, it's, it's up to me to make the most of my life. So it's my life and it's up to me to make the most of it. No, the third one is, I have earned all the good that I have. 
And, and although some things have been given to me or, or I've been blessed with, it's all for my benefit. So, so uh, it's my life. It's up to me to make the most of it. And the things that I have, uh, I've earned and they are for my benefit. And the fourth one is I deserve these good things in my life. I have a right to be happy. You know people living like that, right? Uh, it's, it's just kind of the, the mindset in the, in, in the back of your mind. That's just, this is my life. I'm going to do with it. Whatever I do, nobody can really tell me. They might not say it. Nobody's going to tell me. What, but it, that's how they operate. Uh, I've earned what I have, and I have a right to be happy. Uh, it actually sounds pretty good on the surface, I guess. I mean, it's, it's normal and natural to, to view life from the perspective of me. How is it going to benefit me? How does this affect me? Uh, I am responsible for me. I can do what I want. It, it's kind of what uh, what I've heard uh, called as the uh, the fat and happy mindset, so to speak. Uh, I mean, uh, it's pretty prevalent in the... I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be fat and happy? Well, at least happy, right? Um, uh, satisfied, I guess, is the way to... Is maybe a better way to say that. The, the satisfied and happy. We have everything that we need, most of what we want, and we're working on getting the rest. I mean, that's just kind of common. That's what succeeding in life seems to be about. I have, I have everything I need, most of what I want, and I'm working on getting the rest. We want to succeed. Uh, that's a common thing as well, whether it's in sports or in business, in church, personal finances, marriage, parenting, whatever it is, we want to succeed. We don't set out at the beginning of a venture, beginning of something saying, I'm going to, I want to fail in this. We want to succeed. We want to win. Before you start something, you have a general idea then of what success would be like. This is, you picture kind of the end, okay, in this business dealing, success would be if I get to here and I, I get this is, this is, uh, in my, in my marriage, success would be, we, we can have kind of an idea. I mean, in, in sports, probably that means winning the game, beating the competition. We all know, uh, what success would be for the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, right? We're going to take it one day at a time, right, Frank? One game at a time. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. We can do this. Never been done before. We can do this. We can. We're all in, right? And with football here in our town, success, we kind of, you know, change the definition of success a little bit. You know, win a couple games. You know, it's not necessarily playoffs, but... No, in, in your, in your personal finances, maybe success is, uh, hitting a certain number in your savings account or, or paying off debt or, or, uh, or, or something along those lines. In church, a lot of times we define success based on the number of chairs that are filled or the, 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 the dollar figure in the offering. I, I hope that, that, that we have, uh, some different metrics than just that, although historically that's kind of been the way that churches have defined success or not. Success in parenting, kids who are growing up to be contributing members of society, right? Uh, in, in marriage, uh, love, fulfillment, uh, partnership, endurance, uh, all those kinds of things. I'm going to succeed in my marriage. There's always a, a sense of what success is. What does success look like? So, so I guess overall, what is your definition of success in life? What, what would your life look like if you win in life? Your mindset or your worldview uh, will determine your definition of success. So if you have that fat and happy mindset, that uh, that uh, uh, satisfied and, and happy mindset, then your definition of success will have something to do with how fulfilled or satisfied your life is personally, right? I want my life to be satisfied and, and fulfilled. Today, I, I'd like us to consider a change in that mindset that may result in a different measure of success. Life might look a little different uh, if, if we win. 
and, and it really changes every aspect of how we live our lives and what our priorities are. We're, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 today, beginning in verse 6, as we discuss or think about what it means to be generous with our lives. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written... They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in your prayers, in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The mindset expressed in that passage starts off sounding a little bit like that satisfied and happy, fat and happy mindset. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot there about receiving blessings from God, about God providing for us, giving his grace, giving his abundance, being made rich in every way. I mean, it sounds great. That's exactly what I want, right? I want to be satisfied. I want to be happy. I'm looking out for me. And so I'm going to follow God for what he can give me. But if you read the whole thing, you recognize that there's a significant shift that really changes everything. Yes, God blesses, but not just so that I can have everything that I want. This mindset isn't focused on on us individually. Instead, God says that he blesses me so that I can be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. If you start working that out in your life, it literally changes everything. Now, this passage, the context of this passage is uh, primarily uh, focused on money. Uh, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, you remember that guy? He wrote Romans. Have you read the book of Romans? Um, he, he, wrote, he wrote a lot of letters. This is a, a, a letter to the church in Corinth. And basically, he's writing this letter, and he's going to show up there, and he's taking an offering, and uh, he doesn't want to be disappointed in the offering, so he's kind of prepping them ahead of time. Hey, set aside some money, because there's some people back in Jerusalem that are in need, and I'd love to take some money back, and you can help out. So, so the context is, is primarily finances, money. And so he's encouraging them to give an offering. And, and uh, we're actually going to talk about this for the next couple of weeks, about generosity and, and, and finances. But it's so much more than just finances and money. These principles apply to every aspect of our lives. Being generous isn't just about our money. It's our time, uh, our talents, our touch, and our treasure. Isn't that cool? They all start with T. Somebody else came up with that. But I liked it, and I can remember it. Your time, your talents, your touch, and your treasure. Uh, Your worldview, your mindset will determine how you use each one of those aspects of your life. You will use your time in a certain way if you're living to be satisfied and happy. Uh, You will use your talents, uh, your touch, your relationships is what that's about. Uh, You will use your money, your, your your treasure in a certain way if your goal is to please yourself. But this says that God has blessed you with time 
so that you can use your time to be a blessing to others. God has blessed you with talents, your skills, your gifts, your interests, your abilities. God has blessed you with talents so that you can use them to be a blessing. Somehow this ties in with a mission trip, I think. Uh, it, God has, has blessed you with relationships, uh, people in your life that he wants to bless through you. God has blessed you with treasure, your money and your stuff. God has, has blessed you not just for you to enjoy those things, but so that you can be a blessing to others. It's a completely different shift. It doesn't end with me, right? Uh, God blesses me so that I can bless others, so that God can bless others through me. So how do we make that shift in mindset? How, how do we do that? Well, instead of, uh, like I said, in that, in that fat and happy mindset, uh, the, the first one was, this is my life and no one else's. I can do it. I can use it however I choose. Uh, in, instead of that, we need to recognize, first and foremost, that God owns everything. God owns everything. Verse 8 talks about everything that is abundant comes from God. Verse 10 describes that God is the one who supplies seed for the sower. This was an agricultural uh, society, and, and so they knew exactly what it meant when, when uh, you, you needed seed. And so then you plant seed, and if you overplanted, you would get a, an abundant harvest and all those things. Uh, verse 15 culminates with the amazing expression, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. You are not the owner, you are just the manager of your life. That is a huge shift for people to make. That, that, that I am not in charge of my, this is my life, I can use it however I choose. No, this is God's life, and, and he's made me, and he's formed me, and he's put me here. That changes everything. Your time, your talents, your touch, your treasure, it's all on loan from God. So we need to use them wisely. Use your life wisely. It's a gift from God. Well, the second thing, uh, not only do, do we usually say this is my life and no one else's, but the second thing, it's up to me to make the most of my life. Well, this passage says that it's God uh, who we need to trust with our lives. God can be trusted. Have you ever done the uh, the trust fall? Usually it's at camp or somewhere. Maybe we need to do that this week, team, and we can, somebody get up on a picnic table, right? And everybody lines up and then you kind of fall backwards, Notice I didn't do that there because I don't trust you. No, um, it's kind of difficult, right? You got it, and that's the, kind of the point. You're building trust with the people that are that are with you. Uh, you, you want the, you want to be able to trust them, uh, and it, it's it's hard because we don't trust people a lot. It's it's hard to trust people, and and if they drop you the first time, then it's kind of harder to do it again, right? Because you you don't trust them because they've already let you down before. <laughs> trust is difficult uh, when you don't know someone well. Uh, or when you haven't, when they haven't earned your trust. Uh, if, if, if you know the people well, then you, you're more apt to, uh, to, uh, to trust them. If, uh, if they have caught seven other people, then there's a good chance you're gonna trust them to catch you as well. They've, they've earned your trust. It, it's much easier to trust someone that you're close to and that has always been there for you. Uh, there, there's a book by a man named Tim Hansel uh, where he's talking about an experience he had with his with his young son. Uh, Zach was a, was the son's name. And, and so Tim and his son were out uh, walking, uh, uh, kind of uh, hiking in the woods, and there were some cliffs and things. And, and uh, he, he heard, he heard uh, they, they were kind of looking at whatever, and he heard, Hey, Dad! And he turned around, and his son was in midair, jumping off of one of these big rocks, and jumped right into him. And he, he happened to catch him, but they both landed on the ground. And, and, and Tim says, Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? And he said, yeah, because you're my dad. He trusted him, right? 
deep uh, sense of trust because he, he knew he was there for him and had always been there for him. That's just how it was. Wouldn't it be great to have that kind of trust and confidence in our heavenly Father? Verse 8 gives us, gives us every evidence that we can, that we can, uh, that we can have. It, it uses the word all or some form, form of it seven times in one verse. Uh, in the Greek, all, uh, means all, all of it. Uh, you know, it, it says all grace, all things, all times, all you need, abounding, abundant, every good work. Uh, over and over again, that word or form of it is used seven times in that one verse. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, God is able and he can be trusted. You can trust God with your life. You can trust God with your time and your talent and your touch and your treasure. You're, you're not your own. It's not just up to you. Trust God with your, with your life because he is trustworthy. It, it, it's a shift and, it, and it's Difficult at times until we come to that place of trust in God. So uh, instead of this is my life and no one else's, then uh, then, then then we say, God, you are uh, you you are in charge. God, everything is a gift from God. It's up to me to make the most of my life. No, I'm going to trust God with my life. The third one, uh, I have earned the good that I have. Uh, I have a right to be happy. I've earned it. Well, number three uh, in this passage says, hey, it's God that blesses. It's not up to me, and uh, and I haven't earned it all. It's God who blesses me despite who I am. Uh, verses 8 through 10 uh, describe God as the source of all this good in our lives. We talked about that. The abundance of blessings we enjoy come from him. Uh, and as we begin to realize that, we, we can, it develops gratefulness or thankfulness in our lives. Uh, we can be grateful to God that he has forgiven our sin. We can be thankful to God uh, that, that he has loved us unconditionally, that, that he's given us strength for difficult times, that he's given us blessing upon blessing, uh, all we need. Uh, over and over again, we have wonderful abundance. There's a there's a danger in that, though, in equating uh, abundance in our lives or, or uh, physical blessing, I guess, um, material blessings with God's blessing. Uh, former uh, Nazarene General Superintendent Stan Toller puts it this way. He says, I would like to bring a bit of caution here on the subject of material blessings. God cares for our needs just as he cares for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. But the object of material blessings can get unclear in a hurry. He says, some things we consider blessings are actually distractions. The very things we praise God for distract us from serving him, from reading his word, from growing in, a relation, in our relationship with him. When we give thanks to God for material blessings, let us keep the proper perspective. Let us praise him for food, shelter, family. You can even praise him for high-speed internet and satellite TV. Just don't get distracted by them. So, so we are blessed and God is the source of those blessings and we need to recognize that. But we also need to be cautious that just because things are going great for us right now or we have uh, certain things, it's, sometimes those things can actually be a distraction. This, this whole idea of God blessing us uh, makes us grateful and, and should also help us to be satisfied with what we have. Because God gives enough. Uh, more than enough, really. Uh, fulfillment, gratification, contentment. Those are all synonyms for the word satisfaction. Uh, that, that we can be content. God's blessings are enough. They are abundant. So we need to be content with who we are and what we have. 
because it's God who blesses and it's not just up to me to work at it to get what I want because I deserve to be happy. That really leads us to the fourth one. Uh, Instead of saying I deserve the good things in life, we need to recognize that the only reason I'm blessed is to be a blessing. Not only am I uh, created in God's image and he loves me and he wants to bless me, but in that I can't just hoard that for myself. I've got to be a blessing. Verse 11 shows us how that works. We are made rich in every way. And a lot of people stop right there and say, okay, there's the blessing and prosperity gospel. If I serve God, I'm going to be rich in every way. Woo! Let's pray. It goes on. It says we are made rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. The, in, the, in the fat and happy lifestyle, our blessing intake does not match our blessing output. We take in a whole lot more than we give out, right? And, and so you can see how that would make us kind of fat and happy, so to speak, for a while anyway. We hoard blessings for ourselves, but, but that's not why God blesses. We are blessed to be a blessing, and not begrudgingly. It's a privilege to partner with our God who blesses. A man named Walter, Waldo Weening several years ago described three levels of giving or being generous. Uh, the first level is you have to. And that's law. I, okay, I've got to, you know, we, we give to the government, right? Uh, only because we have to, because it's the law. The, the second level of giving is I ought to. It's, it's my obligation. So I, I, uh, I feel this, this general sense of, of ought. Okay, I've got, I've got to do this, but I don't really want to, but I, but I ought to. It's the right thing to do. The third thing is because you want to, and that's grace. We, we provide, and that's where we need to be in our, in our lives with God as we are being generous. Uh, this passage that we read today in 2 Corinthians 9 uh, is is just filled with joy. If you read through it, you just get this overwhelming sense of uh, of joy. There's no doubt that that it is a joy to be able to give and give and give. He says God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful, maybe you've heard preachers say it before. That word cheerful in in the Greek is is the same word for hilarious. So it's not just I smile as I put it in the offering plate through gritted teeth. But it's, woo, this is hilarious, this is awesome, it's above and beyond joy to be able to partner with God in what he's doing. God loves givers like that. We give and give and give because God has given and given and given and given and given. Over and over and over again, Scripture points out that it is the generous people who continue to be blessed and content and fulfilled. Just a couple of, uh, of examples. Proverbs 22.9 says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Luke 6.38, Jesus says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's a... There's a thought if we pause for just a second. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If I give out a little cup, I'm going to get a little cup. If I abundantly pour out in generosity, God will bless me abundantly. Again, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel and, and all I have to do is uh, ABC and, and God has to do ABC. It's that when we're generous, that is the blessed life. That It's, it's almost like this... I don't know, a conduit, a pipe. Uh, if, if everything just flows into one thing and stops there, it, it, it just kind of gets clogged up, right? But, but if, if, uh, if we see ourselves as a conduit of God's grace, 
That God is pouring his grace to us. And if we just keep that for ourselves, it's a clog in the pipe. But if, if we experience his grace and his blessing and it continues to flow out of us to others, we become a conduit, a vehicle, an instrument of grace in the lives of others. And God continues to bless. Uh, one more verse in Proverbs 11. Uh, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Love that. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Those who are generous with their lives continue to be blessed. The fat and happy life doesn't end well. We might be satisfied for a little while, but it's temporary. Sooner or later, you'll end up fat and miserable, I guess maybe we could say. Being generous with your life has eternal significance. Uh, the, the last few verses in our passage there, people will thank God because of you, because of your generosity. People will worship God because of your generosity. You will draw people to prayer because of, of, of the blessing that, that you allow God to pour through you. God will use you. Uh, your blessings, whether in the form of, of time or your talent or your touch or, or your treasure, it's, it's not just meant for you to hold on to. We hold those blessings loosely so that we can be a blessing to others. It's, it's definitely a, a shift in mindset from, from the normal operating procedure of this, of this world. Becoming a generous person in all of our lives isn't necessarily the, the thing that we see all the time. And yet we're drawn to that. It's, it's, it's something that's, uh, that's contagious. And, and we like people who are generous. We're drawn to that. And this passage says we need to be those people. If, here's the thing. If you truly believe that God owns everything and that God can be trusted, and that it is God who blesses, then you will realize that the only reason that you are blessed is in order to be a blessing. 